Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports School at Erina. This week we talked to Kyle Rolls and CEO Sean Millicamp, discuss the Thursday night game against Adelaide, and we also look at how some bad grassland can postpone a game. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. Hey guys. Hello. 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 Wasn't the Thursday we're after, was it? No. Uh, Thursday night games are good because it ruins your entire weekend before it even starts. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. It ruins your Friday and then <laughs> you're still annoyed on Saturday. It's a good thing it's nearly been a whole week since that game and we're not as depressed about it. Yeah, it's kind of in the back of my mind. We were pumping up last week that we finally got to do another winning podcast and now we're back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We're back. <laughs> Is this like a World War II propaganda video? No, it's actually an oh. Olympic Games song. Is it German? No, it's not German. It sounds German, that's what I thought. The name of the capital of the country is actually in the title of the song, which they're singing over and over again. Mario, you got this one? You would have been alive then. Moscow, Moscow, see yeah. the little Russian man. <laughs> <laughs> Never There's heard, more to that Never heard this band or this song ever before. <laughs> Neither has anyone. It's from the Moscow Olympics. It's the theme song. I was cosshacking while... That's because that, the soccer hoos are going to Russia. Yeah, baby. And we've, we've already been voted the worst team that's going to Russia. Really? Yeah. Who said that? Yeah. I don't know. You just made it up. I think, Bunch it's, of the, <laughs> I think it's the betting odds. Is that news? Well, <laughs> joke's on them. We're going to win it. I mean, this is a great song. It is a good song. <laughs> I think it might have made number one in its time. Is Probably. It a, it's an 80s song, isn't it? No, 79 was the Olympics. Are you, are you guys okay. for oh, real? Well, this is terrible. Yeah, it might have been 80 Olympics. <laughs> this is bloody terrible. I can get into it. I can get into it eventually. Disco. Hey! <laughs> 70s were a weird time. I was only 11. <laughs> That's why they were weird. <laughs> We were going. We were going for our seven days of uh, football last week, and then uh, we ruined it. But <laughs> Wednesday was a good night, wasn't it? It was yeah. excellent. Epic beer showers and bourbon. Yeah, that second was, one was yeah. definitely bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely nice to be sweaty and, and covered co- in alcohol. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, we were all there. There was a pretty big group of Mariners supporters we're, uh, we're making Mariners chance into a Socceroos chance which was fun quite yeah, a few uh, ex-Mariners on the field too yeah, In, including the hat-trick hero and off the field in the coaching staff they're everywhere mate it warms it does it does warm the old heart when you see those boys out there I was uh, so proud I was immensely proud to see that many ex-Mariners yeah. on the field I mean if lots of people um, sort of put down the s- development of the A-League, but then you look at that squad, and I think all of them bar one had yeah. played in the A-League, I think. I mean, obviously those guys have come from other clubs and come back, or they've come through NSL clubs and all that sort of stuff, but it's still a good thing to have. It's an incredible thing to get to witness, like um, just sticking to Captain Millie Edenak. He's a god. 
Mate, mm. the guy, he came to our club. Greatest beard in the world. I'll admit, when Laurie put him on in about the 60th minute of a game and he grabbed the pants of the first player who went by him uh, as he went by him, making him look like a witch's hat, and uh, got a yellow card for it, I was screaming for him to get the hook already. Well, things changed a bit after that. We saw mm. some hell things going on at uh, Central Coast Stadium, courtesy of him, and just watching him progress all the way like he has. Same goes with all of the other boys as well, watching them their progress from, from there to, or from nowhere to, to where they have risen is, is a fantastic part of being a Mariners fan. Um, sure, you know, we, we lose Tommy Rogic in the January of the year we won the comp, but but we get to enjoy that development, seeing him improve when he came here and uh, turn himself into something real, and, and off he went and hasn't looked back. And the same goes with the other boys. It's a fantastic part of, you know, which other club has that? Mm, not None, I don't think. I mean, and that's that's what we were at the time. We were a club that developed young players and we had a good crop all come through seemingly within probably 18 months or two years. And then we on-sold them when we could for the money because we needed it. And hopefully get to that sort of same position in another 18 months where we can sort of um, move on a few of our younger players overseas and hopefully make some good money off it as well as enjoying while they're here which I think we all did definitely definitely and and who uh, you know in the current crop who's the next most likely of course Daniel De Silva Mm. Um, so good piece of business to have uh, signed him up for a three-year period here at the Mariners and uh, that means that uh, we can watch him improve and uh, hopefully break into some European club and yeah sure some people will be upset about the fact that he uh, uh, we receive plenty of money and he moves on but uh, if that's what happens then it'll be great to have witnessed. It was a good night though half time I was a bit worried was a little bit I think the whole stadium were oh the tension yeah Yeah, because it was (laughs) nil nil yeah I mean they were not good but all it takes is one counter attack one slip one mistake from us, and then they're in, and then they're just going to park the bus. They were massively. a couple levels below us, oh, and for sure. they love they love the dive. I counted on at least two hands the amount of like blatant dives that they did just to try and get in, get into the game. But I was with you, a bit worried at halftime. But I think we got the free kick and scored from that free kick at the exact right time, and everyone sort of calmed down. And then at two nil, we we're all comfortable, and three nil just. Um, Eased the, ease the tension and we were off to a World Cup. Mm. It was amusing, though, how much time they tried to waste in the first half and then once we scored, how quickly they were getting the ball back and magically not injured. <laughs> and then they wonder why they get absolutely smashed by the crowd, which is completely fair enough. A lot of relief in that first celebration, though. I was pretty relieved, especially after I drank that beer. <laughs> I, ne- I never bought a beer, but the bloke in the row behind me poured, one down, poured one down my throat during the celebration, which was good times. Uh, there was quite a big uh, group hug going on there in the active. And how did you end up on the drums again, Jimmy? I don't know, mate. I came down and... Did they ask you or you just sort of took over? No, well, you guys told me it was terrible before I came down. Yeah, soccer well, is, for anyone that hasn't is active, been in is, there, yeah. it's an interesting place. If you've ever been in the Yellow Army and you thought that was interesting, then you should come definitely come in there. But um, um, no, I saw yeah. some old lady with glasses and not having the best yeah, timing or tempo. Playing so the I tambourine. Said, who was I the, grab that? Who was the random woman that was just not in gear and just had like 
was just standing. I was, in the I was in her seat. Who? Oh, no, that's oh, one of those. Yeah. That's one of those. You're in my seat in the active. Please get out of my We're seat. Right, uh, right in the middle of the active, not just on the yeah, edge yeah. or in right the next in the bay. bloody middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she kept pushing me over towards the drama. I had less and less room as the game went on. Yeah, and we we all weren't in our seats, and then this group of guys it was like te- came got, in. We got a group of ten. You're in our seats, man. Yeah. They came in after the <laughs> anthems, and then they. Tried to get us to move. You can't really blame them for coming in late I'd because the trains were horrific. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if unless it's your first game ever, then surely you understand what's going on in that sort of a situation when when the place is packed. Just find somewhere and stand there. Who gives a shit? Because she said her husband had bought the tickets. That's why they were there. Yeah, well, uh, he's an idiot. And I had, to, I had to give... Somebody a mouthful, and was then that, you, was that the you ran off, Josh. Yeah, I thought the, I thought the guy was going to come over and try and start something. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm, Luke's been going to the gym lately, so I can hide behind him. <laughs> you bailed. You stood. You stood the other side of me while I had to yell at these three blokes, and then one of them they just ended up going dickhead, and then ran off, and then they never came back with the security guard that he threatened me to get. So. Thanks for protecting me. They could That's have fitted right, in. That could have been made more cosy. There was a dude in between Fred and I and you pair. Was, he yeah, did not want to give up his spot. That no, was a he, random was guy in a hoodie. he wasn't moving. He, he wasn't was, moving. He was no. staying there. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? That's Come fine. On, it's cozy just, in, boys. It's, it's, it's active support. It's a free-for-all. Just yeah. stand wherever. Who gives a shit? Everybody it's, in there um, paid for a ticket. That just drum was rather second-hand. The, the legs were falling off as I was who drumming was, Who was the random kid that was near you? I don't know. <laughs> he wanted to... It was a capo right, and drum at the same time. You're like eight do neither. Old. You're like eight years old and you're trying to capo. <laughs> okay, sweet. Yeah, it was all right though. In the end, like some people stand in there, I think, because they just want to be near the noise and then they don't actually get involved, mm. which we're probably used to. Yeah, bit. we get. Well, we had that <laughs> the other night, didn't we? Um, but I think you know it was all right in the end. There was a fair bit of noise coming out of there, so it was so fun. Sorry. I was happy. My it's voice good. is still recovering. I'd like a roof. Yeah, I'd that, like a roof that, too. that roof really helps. Yeah, it's it good. And uh, yeah, we we even got a couple of mariners. Stylized chants in there that worked. Yeah, because some of the Socceroos ones are a bit same, interesting. Same-y. Yeah, yeah, they get boring. Yeah, they're, there's like the same what like, two chants, like the Cahill chant and the da 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 Aussie. Yeah, and that's about it. Oh, I got sick of that. There was a lot of Miller Yedinak chant. What's the song that? Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Miller Yedinak. Yeah, that was the one. There was a fair bit of that. But then when you score a hat trick, then I suppose that's going to happen. Deserved it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good night, and then it went shit. Um, we had a question from Joel. Um, he says, uh, following up from the win and qualification into the World Cup, how do you think we will go based on our performances so far? Um, will Ange be the coaching in the World Cup? And uh, do we want him to be there? If not, um, who's our best replacement? I think it's better to ask how we will go once we know the group. Because if we're in a group with three other very strong teams... then Which we have been the last two times then it's probably going to be very tough. If we get a favourable draw and we've got teams maybe at the same level as we are, then I think we're a chance to go to round of 16, or round of 32, I mean. But once we know the group, we'll know, have a better um, have a better knowledge of the answer to that question. I think we'll still struggle regardless. We won't, we'll we'll we're finish not, last. No, we're not, we're not the team we were in 2006. We're not the team we were in 2010. Brazil, you know was we played all right at times. We could have beaten the Dutch if we were just a little bit more clinical. I think if some of the boys had a bit more experience, we might have been all right. I mean, this this World Cup, we're going to have Sainsbury and we're going to have Rogic, who I think we missed probably a fair bit in Brazil. 
And going into their prime as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they're going to be big inclusions, but do the rest of them have what it takes to beat some of them top sides? Probably, do you think we're a better... Not, do you think 2014 would, was a better side than 2018 will be? Because um, I feel it's a, still this almost the same crop of players. Yeah, I mean, your, your Cruisers, your Leckies, your Urich, they're just too inconsistent. Yeah. Moy... Even Moy, Moy, I thought struggled last week against Honduras. He can't take a free kick. And then he struggled. He struggled for Huddersfield as well when he went back to England. So he just might be in a little bit of a dip of form, maybe. But he just he's a bit. Some of them are just way too hot and cold. But maybe in another what have we got? Nine months or something? Mm. Eight months or something like that? Maybe by then they'll be a little bit more mature once they go back and get some more game time. That they'll be right. What about this theory that uh, we have recently played against fairly rubbish rubbish opposition and we tend to play at their level, they tend to park the bus and <laughs> we're not too good at that. But if you look back to the last time we played against a good side, which was probably Confed's Cup at the Confederations Cup, and we played Germany there too, did we? We played Germany in a friendly. Uh, that's right, yeah. So I just get the idea that our plan, Ange's plan, has been to prepare us to play against those kind of teams and I think that's hurt us in the qualification series because when we play against good well, opposition... Well, he changed it up against Honduras. He probably needed to. Yeah, well, he definitely needed to. Yeah, because, you know, same thing, that we're playing against teams that have... Uh, they're not really coming at us. They're not really giving us a shot at uh, having our own moments and so I think that when we play against good opposition we're likely to play better. So I'm, I'm get taking it off the pitch a little bit. That, that theory is going to go slightly against what um, the playing staff part means I suspect whether it's enough for us to be able to you know actually be a genuine threat to any of those teams I don't know but if you add the fact that we have tended to step up in the World Cup to the fact that we maybe under the Ange model we've prepared to play against good teams not Syria I think we'll play the underdog tag pretty well do you think it's that or do you think that other teams let the foot off um I don't think Chile did. I watched the game and I felt that... Yeah, we, we played really well we that excellent. Chile game. Um, and we, we were had the, really good. We had the same personnel um, and the same coach. Um, so what's the difference? Well, when I'm I just throwing a question out there. I think, yeah, it, I no, think it's, it's, a, it's a good question because... Uh, I think it's definitely true that we play to the opposition's standards. Well, I thought it was I think the Mariners do that too. We do, yeah, and the Mariners yeah. do that as well, so we're sort of used to that. I thought it was particularly noticeable with Syria, who parked 400 double-decker buses in front of the box, mm-hmm. and, and we just couldn't break that down. Thailand were a little bit the same. I don't think Honduras were really exactly the same no. as that, but um, just I just started theorising that um, when we play against those oppositions that park the bus, we don't seem to have the right plan for that. But when we play against opposition, that we don't come have at the us, quality to break through. Syria couldn't handle Maybe. the aerial threat of Cahill. That's why he scored twice. Eventually, yeah. and and I think he is the kind of outlet that can do that against teams. But that park by the, the bus. time of the World Cup, isn't he going to be thirty nine? Well, my theory is that our other players, maybe they're going to have the opportunity to step up in this system because that's the way that we've planned. We've planned to go at teams who are going to come at us and uh, whether or not we need Kale as much in that situation as we do when there's a massive bus parked in front of us, I'm not sure yet. We'll have uh, quite a few uh, friendlies between now and then anyway. So I'm glad we, we get to find out. Cause, uh, forwards. You know, if we didn't win last week, we were never finding out. Mm. I'd, like, I'd be happy for Timmy to go to the World Cup, but... Not start. He can't start. We we have to move on at some point. We well, that showed in the second to, leg against yeah. Honduras. Yeah, but every time we say that we have to move on, then whoever we bring in 
doesn't score, doesn't really perform, and then you bring him on, and then he scores. So I don't know. It's a weird one. But in regards to Ange, I think if we didn't qualify, he he would have been gone within the hour. Um, I'm happy to see him stay. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. Now, now that we have qualified, and I that think, he's shown a plan B. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's a massive pressure being lifted off him, and I think he'll relax a bit now because there's been a lot written about him and said about him in the last month and a half. And I think he'll probably just go, well, all that's all that's irrelevant now. I'll do what I want. He's been very weird though, and he's such a, a calculating person the way he goes about things that yeah, I've had to think to myself, is this all part of the plan? The controversy takes all of the focus away from the players. It's a bit like um, some of the things Arnie did when he was here to take the focus off the players and put them on himself. So all the controversy was around Ange. And is that was that part of the plan with Ange? Is he, well, Mourinho does it. He's been very vague about what it is that's bothering him so much that, that we've all speculated or people have all speculated that he's got something wrong with him. Is what's wrong with him the fact that he can see how ridiculously managed football is at the moment in Australia? i.e. the top of the pile, the FFA, and he is actually his future is a bit contingent on that being sorted out soon. That kind of stuff. Um, because there just doesn't seem to be anything on the pitch around the Socceroos themselves. So I reckon he's got the shits of the ma- uh, management. Well, I've started wondering that because Ange is passionate about improving Australian football, not just the Socceroos. Always, that's always how he's represented himself. So I've, I've Well, if he wants to do that, then he probably shouldn't be head coach of Socceroos and he should step out and go into something with development programs then. Oh, I don't know, because hasn't he already created that legacy of, of his... Um, the yeah, he didn't do too well with the Oli Roos, though, did he? No, but with the Socceroos, then he really has you know changed things and changed them for the better. We were unlucky not to um, qualify automatically, and then it all got really hard after that. My only concern is that we found it difficult to win away, but everyone's pl- playing away. Well, he's always got the Asian Cup on his resume, of course, and so, you know, we, we can't really say he's been an unsuccessful coach and he has changed the way we think about Australian football as well. He's made A-League players... He's um, changed what with, about the, a with the back three. As a national football director? It could be, or it may be that he just expects more from football in Australia in terms of the management of it if he's going to be the figurehead that cops it at, at the top of the Socceroos. That right. might be... I, I, I'm just making that <clears> up from, you know, bits and pieces because he's so weird about how he responds when people try to nail him on what it is that's bothering him and some of his recent comments are almost like oh you know it's bigger than socceroos games or that kind of stuff it's it, yeah it's makes sense to me one thing's for sure i don't want arnie to be socceroos coach uh, neither do i well a funny aside is that when i've probably said this already on here but when arnie and Ange were touted as the possible socceroos coaches i was like no way we want arnie he was our coach at the time but what i hated about arnie was not his coaching it was this grumpy old jerk who went to press conferences every mm. game and was embarrassing and I didn't want the Socceroos to have an embarrassing coach like that at the helm Ange wasn't that but in the last few months Ange has become that mm. so now he's well, the grumpy Ange has fired up before in the media don't forget when he like I mentioned before when he was Oli Roos coach he had that big blue with um, Foster. Was it Foster? Yeah. Foster yeah so Foster, he's had his moments right. but he hasn't just been a grump on principle which Arnie is grumpy, yeah. even when he's happy. <laughs> the only good thing about that would be Arnie into Socceroos, Moss head coach, Sydney FC, <laughs> Sydney go from first to the spoon. <laughs> That'd be good. Sounds Not okay. for Socceroos. Sounds all right. But um, I think one of Andrew's biggest problems is the white shirts. Need to step away from those. <laughs> and hot weather. Yeah. 
I'd be sweating. As he doesn't. Well he doesn't. He doesn't want to go to the Middle East anymore. He'll be okay in Russia. Yeah. 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 I'd be sweating <laughs> as well if it was nil nil. Love love the Moscow's. The love the Moscow's <laughs> summer of fifteen degrees. All right. Back to the local sporting team. Fred's question: What happened? Was this a case that uh, we were still overexcited from the win versus Sydney, and we've got to have to defend, or was it the lack of depth that is becoming more apparent when one or two key players are out? Depth for sure. As I've said, we've got the depth of a kiddie's pool. <laughs> mm. it's, uh, when our yeah. absolute strongest 11 isn't fit and starting, then we don't look as anywhere as good, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't think it would have that much of an impact. I mean, it took us half an hour to realise that Josh Rose wasn't actually out on the pitch when I think we conceded a corner and then I was like, who's that guy with the red hair? It's not Josh Rose. And then so that was when obviously it became apparent that our back four was missing a couple. And, I mean, lots of people have bagged Josh Rose, even probably us a little bit, for some of his performances, but it's the mental thing. It's the, you know, just sometimes knowing when to go. Yeah, it's the experience when Rouse is probably physically probably better, but it's he probably hasn't got the mental side of it yet. Is he physically better at the moment? Because we've discussed, well, is he here later? Well, he was gassed because of his... Yeah, because towards the end, he was gone because of his lack of game time lately. But Now backs do a lot of running. Yeah, they do. Doesn't that fit into a bit under depth, though? I don't think... See, depth-wise, I don't look at the players and think to myself, on their best day, we don't have the depth, but... When when we are forced, like we were on this occasion, to change players at a short notice, then the main thing that's noticeable is that we we just don't have the fitness to be able to carry it off. We don't have the rotations going on often enough for us to have fit players sitting on the bench. So to me, everyone who hasn't had much game time had very little in terms of gas, and that doubles up the, the issue. Whether or not they're good enough in terms of depth, talent-wise, becomes almost irrelevant because... They're not. They don't have the fitness to carry it off. And poor, poor. Um, Golic had to cover. Mm. Well, there was a bit of that. And towards the end of the game, then Rolls was really struggling with his fitness, and I had to feel sympathetic to him because you know you, you bring a bloke out there with three minutes' notice <laughs> who hasn't played any A League games at all for. Well, he's only ever played two up until that moment, and he played none for us. And he hadn't even been in the squad recently. He played two youth games in his effort to get fit again, and we expect that player to go out there for ninety minutes um, and and be able to carry that off um, against a good side like Adelaide, who um, have some good players. And, and to be honest, they have depth. Adelaide, mm. they've got injuries, but they were able to cover them quite well. This is where the stupidity of the youth season being eight games long and starting six weeks into the A-League season is just nuts because all of those guys who hadn't have had much game time probably could have had five or six youth games by now and been probably fit enough to run out that game. But, I mean, we've the first youth game was on Sunday night and before that we've played two trials that we're aware of against decent opposition. So that's not enough to get match fit and that's what the youth team really is there for it's for the young guys to come through and it's also there for the first teamers to get some game time when they're not getting it more regularly well that's what it should be but it doesn't fulfill that purpose yeah. at this it's stage just, it's does just it? a, it's, it's a waste it's a it's a complete waste we but have I mean, some depth there <laughs> to me uh blake powell 
looms as a possible replacement when Azdrabal is um, injured as he is at the moment uh, in the centre there and has started to show some good form in the youth. But you can't bring a bloke back who's had a significant knee injury through two youth games and just throw him mm. into the A-League and think mm. that he's going to be effective. He, he's yeah. going to have, you know, probably 50 minutes of good football. Um, and it won't be the lack of running. Players all continue to run. But as we all know, you get out in the fives court. I get out in the fives court and I run for 10 minutes and I'm still running, but my skills have... Your touch can drop off. Exactly. I've yep. lost my skills five minutes ago. Even even outside of all the fitness stuff, from the start, we just didn't look good. We no, just, I, I don't think we were ever on top in that game. We just looked vulnerable. I mean, in that whole first half, there were times there where we looked really good going forward. But as we've spoken about, every time they came forward, it looked like they were going to score just about. Yeah. Didn't seem to have the level of intensity of the week before where we no. wanted to scramble for everything, whereas uh, in this game when we lost the ball, then we didn't uh, seem to compete as hard as we had the week before. We weren't as charged up, if you want to Byro, Byro was a big loss. We missed him out there with his leadership and experience in the back line with our Golic having to cover roles a lot, or roles, I should say, because that's how you say it. But he was covering roles a hell of a lot on that side. And um, I thought Liam was all right. Like, I didn't really see a lot of bad things that Liam did, but there were times where maybe he sort of got caught out and Adelaide sort of took advantage of it. I thought Adelaide's attack was really good and they probably should have won by Yeah, they were playing in behind one. our defenders a lot. Like, yeah. the amount of balls that cut across. They, they, were, yeah. they were picking out roles to expose him for sure. We don't forget Golic's also covered uh, Josh Rose... I guess yeah. with Sydney, so maybe it's just the fact that like that we just discussed Attacking rollbacks. Rolls hasn't, I don't know, clicked with when to track back yet. So yeah, when, to, when to read the play? Yeah, we yeah, shouldn't we shouldn't be dissuaded from thinking that Adelaide aren't a good side. They are a good side, and that was primarily what went wrong for us. If you ask me, that they were a good side. As well as that, though, we ran out of depth. And and uh, Liam Rose is a good example. How does a bloke like Liam Rose get match fit when he's getting twenty minutes here and there? Yeah, uh, it's impossible. We only snuck the draw as well, and it would have been an undeserving draw. It did suck that we conceded so late, but we were a minute away from getting a draw that we probably it would have been a pretty solid point. I would when have, we were yeah, dominated. I would have been more than happy with that one point. I still would have been frustrated because it was another game where we took the lead and, and we yeah. couldn't hold it. Again. That's the biggest problem of this season so far. Again. But, but we did know, surely, I was thinking from about 10, 15 to go, we're in trouble here. Yeah, it was I was coming. thinking that 10 to 15 in. <laughs> well, I, yeah. We I were, was surprised when we scored. We were totally how, how was dominated. that penalty, though? Oh, it was just, it just <laughs> yeah, oozed experience. Eh? He just waited for Izzo to dive and he was just like, all right, let's put it the other side. Speaking of Izzo, f*** you. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, uh... Oh, you can't put that in. We were... We were we were yelling at him, and then two seconds later they scored. Yeah, we've got impeccable timing. Well, he sometimes. wasn't. He wasn't a tool to us. So he didn't. Yeah. He didn't turn around and celebrate and rub it in our faces. Yes, so he that did. Was fair oh, he definitely did. did. I was watching. Yeah, he did. I didn't see, see whether or not he was being very specific about that, he, and I didn't think he, he did both goals. And at the end, oh, yeah, oh he certainly definitely. celebrated in front of you. But but I let's just say if he was that disgruntled, I would have thought he would have given more. Direct. He's probably happy. Well, I mean. If you know, if you give it to a player, you, you know, you, you, you know, sauce bottles. You have style. to expect it back. So we did. That's all right. <laughs> Still, screw it. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but that goal they scored, the first one, was absolute screamer. Oh, <sighs> bloody hell! I mean, yep. he is a quality player. <laughs> was it Adlong? Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. An absolute bomb. And but it came because just of a sloppy clearance. Sloppy defensive mistake. I think it was McGing and Hiadia got in each other's way and they both tried to head the same ball with no Adelaide player near him and it just went to the worst spot. Yeah, you never headed up the middle of the park. No, it just went to the worst spot and he just absolutely cleaned it. Cleaned it up and there was no way that Ben Kennedy was going to stop that. No. Um, but I mean, there were still patches of play there where I thought that we could have probably taken more advantage of it. I mean, that one touch bit from the edge oh. of our box, if that had went in, that, that was exquisite. Running on the field massively. That was pants off, the pants best, off, running on the field. The <laughs> and best, it was <laughs> the best football we've done in years, I think, that one passage of play. And it was a real poacher's opportunity. You have, I had to think that Azrabal might have finished that. What yes. a blo- what That's what I was about to bring up. Bloody Kirby was on the end of it and not Azrabal. Well, it was nearly else. also Payne. Payne wasn't too far away mm. from it after Kirby missed it. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was great opportunity, but just to beautiful that, to watch. Kirby, like, when he's been coming off the bench, he's been going really well, but on the weekend he struggled. But I think they just... They just outmarked him. Yeah, I think they just, well, he started against a fit team. Yeah, exactly. as opposed to coming on a bit later when they're tired. Exactly. So that's you know they're they're pretty sort of they're a pretty physical side Adelaide, and I think that probably didn't help him. They just basically marked him out of the game. I don't know if he should be up top. No, no, he's, he's, no, he's nowhere winger. near a striker. He's, a he's winger. definitely a winger. But so, what was our alternative? Yeah. It's a bit like um, you know other substitution problems. Who are goes we back to the depth? Who are we going to bring on Bingham? to replace um, uh, our, our anyone in the back four if we had a problem there? Yeah, and I mean the the only other realistic option we have is Bingham. And I love Josh. I've watched him for years. I loved him when he was in youth. I thought. Um, when he'd make his way into the first team, he'd make a real impact. And there's been times when he's come off the bench and done all right. But the couple of times he has this season, it just he just looks a bit. I don't know. He just looks lost. He looks like he doesn't. He's not quite sure what to do because I, I I don't think his style suits what we want to play. Well, that would come with not playing with the team. Exactly. But I mean, just that that style that he has, that big tall striker, you know, up there going for sort of the flick on. There's nobody running past him to get that. Target or man. Like that. Yeah. We're not really a lumpered up team. We're not. No, we're not. Are we? <laughs> so I'd, I'd Which is an odd thing to say after the Moss era. Yeah. It's Moss true. era, true. it suits perfectly, mm. but not this one. So I'm oh, not, I'm Good not, old Moss ball. I'm not, I'm not really sure what his spot in the team is at the moment. No, it's, ha- it's hard for him because he doesn't really suit our style of play and uh, hopefully, you know. He's got a future, but um, it's been difficult for him and, and difficult for him to come in in that situation when he hasn't really had much game time. But it, was it against Melbourne Victory at Geelong that he put in a real good performance? Yes, yeah, um, that's what I mean. Last he's got that year. in him. Last year? Year before last. Two anyway, years ago. Anyway. Well, it was Wormsley year. So he's had his moments, but um, I, and I can't tell whether or not it is um, that he hasn't got that in his locker for, for the game now or that he just isn't... Um, match fit, sharp, the same as um, uh, the others that are struggling because of depth issues. So, Anyway, thoughts on the crowd? Oh, well, what else did we expect? Thursday yeah. night, it was always going to be 5,000. Well, the most. official number was five, but Maurice seemed to think there was under that. Mate, where were they all? Hiding in the bar. Yeah, the sides are pretty bare. Hiding in the bird's nest. Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't see <laughs> 5,000. I mean, when you've been going to the game for 13 years in the same place, you get a bit of a sense of what the crowd is. And I was I was hoping that we'd have four. I think there was four. Mm. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was think going about for it, four, you look, four and a half. Yeah. So, yeah. 
you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how that happens, but um, but I don't think there was five there. No, I mean, as you'll hear from Sean, there's it's just moronic the scheduling how they've put us on a Thursday night. I mean, I don't think any team bar probably Melbourne Victory wouldn't work on a Thursday night. Even a Sydney wouldn't work on a Thursday night because they so they don't seem to be working any night at the moment. Burn. Um, but got him. And then when you look at the TV numbers, if they've scheduled it in for TV, like their excuses sort of for the late Sunday games, thirty nine thousand with the Fox Sports numbers. That's horrific. Jeez. That is horrific. Fox Sports would look at that and go, "Why did why did we pay? Yeah. However much they did, if." If in total, if you include our crowd, about forty five thousand people saw that game. Fox it's, are destroying the competition, though, surely with their <laughs> scheduling of like it's it's a clear and obvious policy of theirs. If if you can attract a crowd or have attracted a crowd or have a big city as a supporter base, then we'll put you in all the prime time spots so that you can you know fatten up your wallet with a few more decent attendances. Although the FFA's advertising has put paid to that or lack thereof. Um, if you're one of the regional teams or you're one of the smaller um, uh, supporter bases, then we'll consign you to um, seven o'clock on a Sunday when nobody's everyone's done for the weekend. I think some of the other codes have already proven that Sunday nights don't work. <coughs> Sure, I'm all for the issue of let's not get uh, players get burned up at 3 o'clock in Perth or whatever, but there is better ways around it than constant 7 o'clock games, uh, Thursday night games. We've got a Tuesday night game sometime. The scheduling this year, it's the worst, it's the worst example of this being a TV league that I've ever seen, and I hate that. Mm, and that's the excuse, and then when you look at the numbers, it's not even really a TV league. So, no, they're not so even doing a good job of that. Because we were discussing this earlier. I, yeah. I'll so be honest, I've this is probably the least I've ever watched the A-League since, since it's start. There's no doubt that there's a need for expansion to create more interest. Absolute no doubt to me. Um, for no other reason other than there'll be interest in the fact that there's an extra, what, uh, 46 players across two squads um, and we'll be wondering who they are, how they're performing. Oh, they'll just be former A-League players from some other club because yeah. you can't transfer. Well, but they, they can't be, can they? Because there's already 10 teams of 23, so therefore we've got. if you add 46 to that, you've got 46 more players. It is, yeah. It's, that's what happens when... <sighs> This you league d- frustrates you, me. You don't you don't have a league that's big enough at the moment, and you don't have the talent pro-rail. to fill it. New yeah. venues to go and you know <coughs> away support or to see on TV or interact with the fans. You know, there's a lot of reasons why expansions needed, and I don't know what they do at FFA anymore. So I'm glad there's a meeting soon to hopefully get rid of them. Yeah, like I always feel invested in us, obviously because it's us. But in terms of the league, I'm sort mm. of starting to feel the same way. It's not. It's just stale. Yeah. There's no... There hasn't been anything new for what Wanderers came in five seasons ago. That That's what, way too long to go from, you know, to still only be at ten teams. And I know it happens everywhere else, like in England, where lots of players do switch around clubs and everything. But here it seems to be a very incessant thing. And when you don't have pro-rel... Um, obviously in England, you're guaranteed three whole new squads to come up and down every single season, which brings in excitement and brings in sort of new interest. But here, they just all seem to bounce around to all the different clubs. And we've been guilty for it as well, but it's just it's just boring. Not stale enough, though, to validate um, SMFC Mike's view that... Um, <laughs> 
that that there's only that we need old soccer teams necessarily to be the extent expansion teams. There's lots of ways that we can expand. Frank's tournament cartel. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. We're in a weird spot. I think as a league, we're in a weird spot. If you ask me. Let's get some people from Canberra involved in it. Let's get some other people in uh, one of the other cities. We can probably expand another team there. Let's get Tasmania if they think they can genuinely cut it. Let's um, you know think about what regions can actually have a decent crack and think about why it is that teams that are in the regional areas are being broken in greater terms than just the fact that, oh, well, you can't have a successful team on the Gold Coast because that, the one that was up there didn't work. Well, with the current management of the competition, it'd be, we're lucky to get Western Sydney to work with 3 million supporter base, you know? Mm. Ticket prices are also absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yep, ticket prices, advertising. Mm. Did I see it was $39. $39 for GA ticket. In Perth, yep. yeah. And I think Sydney fans paid around the 40 mark to come up here. I mean, that's just nuts. Highway robbery. Yep. And they wonder why, I mean, they wonder why families don't... Rock up anymore, and this is this is another thing with the scheduling. I think Sydney's got three home games in a row, if you include tonight's game. I think, and they expect people to rock up three nights in a row, three games in a row, and to keep on paying all that money. Dwindle it's the not, product. Not going to happen at the same time as raising the cost. Of it. Yep. Yeah. Great. Good moves, guys. Mm. We it's love rather you, depressing, isn't it? Much more depressing this week than last week. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's only nine days till um, the See, meeting, isn't it? We're back. Anyway, uh, let's continue the, uh, their reviews. Uh, Brisbane, Melbourne City, 3-1 to Brisbane. Would have picked Brisbane if McCormick was playing, but couldn't. Mm. <laughs> Your winger. <laughs> I'll get onto that in a second. <laughs> um, yeah. City, City were... Pretty trash, to be honest. Yeah, they were due an off game, I Brisbane guess. Brisbane uh, got a first win, so I think that, well, everyone's got a win in the league now. Well, three goals for Brisbane all come from just... And Galekovic was yeah. a disaster for two of the goals. He has... I think he has one of those nights every season. He's does Barry seem Crocker. prone for it where he, he'll be at fault for probably like two or three goals, and he was that night. I mean, one of them was the Rocket, and the other two were definitely him. Uh, West Sydney, Wellington postponed due to a dance festival. Well, a dance music festival is obviously more important, so back all. Now, peak the early. surface <laughs> was the problem, though, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the official announcement was that the surface was the issue, but then um, someone found something online saying that they had started putting up a stadium on the Friday. And then there were some pictures of them laying turf. Yes. Yeah, oh. well, the turf was no good. They had to lay new turf. So. Shut up, Morrow. <laughs> yeah, they were putting up a stage. So that um, kind of highlights the priority for uh, Spot the Stadium, that their main tenant doesn't even get um, priority. If nothing I was the Wanderers, I'd be ripping up that contract and throwing it straight in their face. Nothing new yet. N- nothing new there. You should see how good our stadium pitch looks after the, what was it, Legends of League League on the weekend. Yeah, it looks great. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the plume bubbles back, baby. <laughs> Right, uh, Sydney Newcastle two one. I'm Sydney. happy that uh, Newcastle lost, but thank God. Finally, they f- they play a decent side and they lose. What a surprise! They would have won if Roy was there, he's, according to the commentary. His groin's gone. Apparently, he's out for four weeks. Well, I sent you a video of how he may have injured that. But yes, 
I don't want to see that I again. Don't know what that is, but I, uh, I what? thank God Sydney won because I was fondling himself. I couldn't have lived in a world of uh, Newcastle being top. Uh, Perth victory, victory winning this two 0 getting the first win of the season. Perth were didn't really produce anything, and victory. So could we put this down to another rubbish uh, round this year? This was a rubbish round, absolutely. So that's two already this year, where all the games were rather trash. Well, there wasn't really a great game, was there? Where was Our game wasn't that good. Brisbane City was boring, even though it was 3-1. Sydney-Newcastle was pretty meh. And then the Sunday... I'm definitely with you on the point of being bored with the league, the same teams playing each other. Because mm. we played Perth, what, three, four weeks ago? And we play them again next week. How do we play the same team twice in five weeks? Yeah, well, there was that season where we played, uh, was it Sydney? Three times before we played Adelaide. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> where was Castro in that game? The, the, the Perth. Some injury, or injury, I guess. Which yeah. is well, he, to me, is the primary draw card for Perth, so yeah. th- there's, there's part of the boringness. And, uh, yeah, that was that, that's the same for some of the other clubs. Apparently, Roy's the big draw card for Newcastle, so there was none of him. Who else did we have? McCormack at City wasn't around. So, um, Alan Butto wasn't around for us. How about that pronunciation? Big draw card for the coast, is he? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, FFA Cup is on tonight. Moving on. Can, any- Tipping <laughs> top, um, Can anyone afford to go to the game? <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't, even know I don't think I don't I've ever seen less interest in a bloody cup final of a football match than this game right here. There's literally no one that cares. Not even Sydney and Adelaide fans really care about it. No. Luke, are you okay? No, I'm not. Coughing up a lung over there. I know. That's horrible. Right. You, you better not give me the flu. Um, Fred has updated the tipping comp for us. Uh, there's quite a few of us in this room that missed out uh, from tipping last weekend. We got caught out by the Thursday match. So yeah. He's changed it so you can tip every single match. I think it's five minutes until before five kickoff. Five minutes before kickoff, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so if it's a seven fifty kickoff, do it by seven forty five. Yeah. And in, which is good. And in missing out, I got all the away teams and got the most I've gotten in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I got two out of four. I got Adelaide and Victory because yeah, I'd well, forgotten boys. to tip. Mora's not happy. You can shove it. Right. We mentioned last week we we're gonna do the worst eleven. Lucky this is not a video podcast. <laughs> now the requirement to make the first eleven in the worst eleven was you had to play four games, I think it was, or three games. In goals, you guys happy to do this, or you don't want to name names? Yeah, I don't mind. Is there anyone well, that's going to be anyone that we know? <laughs> I haven't done. I haven't done any research on this. It's no one that we know. Okay, hot to trot is in goals. <laughs> then we've got uh, the A League's best player for Perth, Mark Warren at right back. Centre back par- partnership is Fatty and McClanahan. We're Fatty would have been okay if he took it more seriously. Just saying. <laughs> I like those donuts. <laughs> Uh, Thomas Sevich is left back. Fatih would have also been a right if he went to less massage parlours. And played less <laughs> Uno. I think he was a professional Uno player. On the right wing, we have Leo Carl, who left the team with massive gambling debts and owed the players a lot of money. Uh, in the middle, we have Brent Griffiths, the bad one, and Stella. <laughs> uh, on the left wing, we have Austin. Mm. No? Have we had worse left wingers than Austin? Well, we had Adrian yeah. Caceres. But he did score four goals in 30-odd games. What a strike rate. 
I'm happy with Austin just because he's groomed out of his contract to go to Melbourne. And yeah, up front, enough. we have Mane and Russell Woodruff. Hmm. How memorable. Going way back with the selection of a season one striker, which I didn't even know about until you said the name. Uh, on the bench, we have Tom Slater. Uh, th- these people didn't play over four games. That's why they're on the bench. Uh, Slater, Rizzo, who we signed for ACL for some reason. Um, McAndrew, Tadrossi, and Jess Van Stratton, who tore his ACL in the third match and then asked for a double pay rise at the end of the season. <laughs> what a nice guy. Which He's was when Matty Ryan was making his... Yeah, uh, which is when Ryan uh, peaked. Exactly. So, anyway, that's the uh, that's our worst 11. That's a pretty good worst 11. I There's some interesting I like how we just like added... Th- to the depression of the podcast by talking about our worst ever team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, on to the Kai Rolls interview. Oh, we're joined by left back debutante Kai Rolls. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Yourself? Oh, we're pretty good here. Now, important questions to start up with. Do you keep your sauce in the fridge or in the cupboard? Uh, I'm definitely sauce in the cupboard. Ooh. Yes. Oh, dear. Off to a bad good start man. here, Kai. Good man. <laughs> Master Foods recommends against that. Yeah. Just saying. Righto. Next one. Do you scrunch or fold? What, like anything? <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're thinking the bathroom in particular I'm a folder Yes, yes. yes. Back on track Redeemed yourself Yeah, you've got to be neat You've got to be neat and tidy <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Paolo will be pleased with that <laughs> Alright, uh, you debuted on Thursday against Adelaide And unfortunately we suffered, uh, obviously, the loss Despite the result, uh, how do you feel you played um, I thought I did all right. Um, I thought the boys did all right as well. But um, individually, um, I mean, a, a couple of times um, their right winger got in behind me, um, and obviously, because it was my debut and I haven't played it for a while, I was I was struggling a little bit um, legs wise uh, the back end of the game. But um, I thought I, I did fairly well. So you and Liam Rose obviously brought you into into. The- into the team for Barrow and Josh Rose. Uh, from our point of view, it looked like they were sort of trying to target the flanks, like you said. Is that sort of something that came out of the review? Um, yeah, definitely. We conceded a fair few crosses, um, which they, they probably did target. More so my side, especially, as in because uh, I, was, I was debuting and it was, it was such a, um, I guess, short call-up. Um, and credit to them because they they did that's their that's their game style and they and they executed it I guess. And is your favourite position to be um, a left fullback or is it maybe your preference or your history uh, more, to play in the centre? Yeah, more so history to play in the centre. But um, I guess lately I've, I've I've quite enjoyed playing left back. I'm getting more comfortable there. Um, my fitness levels still rising, so I think. Oh, once once I get to peak fitness, I'll be able to play left back um, very efficiently. I think, but um, yeah, I think I prefer centre back still at the moment. Um, but yeah, anything can happen, I guess. 
So what was the reaction in the in the dressing room after the loss? Was Paolo sort of disappointed that we had lost after last week's big win? Yeah, of course. Like, uh, he didn't say much, um, but all of, all the boys and the coaching staff we were all we were all shattered, especially to lose so late um, in a game that the stats might not have said we had as many chances. But I think we we should have at least had a point out of that game. Um, so of course we were. We were very shattered. We're still, we've moved on this week, but first day of training, we were still, you could tell the boys were still a bit upset about the result and that. Um, so it was a pretty disappointing and, and hard one to take. All right, you made two appearances for the Raw in your time up there. Um, how, how do Aloisi and Ocon differ in their approaches to coaching? Um, obviously, they, they, they both really like um, playing football and keeping the ball. Um, and they both like dominating the game. Uh, yeah, and um, Paul's, Paul's approach, I really like that he wants to keep the ball, but it's not for the sake of it, I guess. It's more uh, effective possession, um, keeping the ball and, and getting forward at the right times and, and dominating the game in that respect. And um, it, 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 They're pretty similar, to be fair. Um, just dominating games and keeping the ball at effective possession at the same time. So that debut came in an ACL game against Ulsan. It must uh, feel like uh, you're uh, getting thrown in at the deep end uh, for all of your debuts. That was, uh, what was it, three minutes notice on Thursday and uh, an ACL game for your first attempt at Brisbane? Was, was that, uh, was that a, a, what was that moment like? Um... Well, I think I think as a young player, most of them, most of your debuts are kind of you're almost thrown in there in a way. Um, obviously, last Thursday night was a bit different because it was such short notice, and um, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it as much. Um, with the Ulsan game, I was kind of expecting it because there was we had so many injuries uh, last year at Brisbane, um, but still, nonetheless, it was still. Um, seeing your name in the starting lineup was was something like you just dropped still, I guess. Um, but yeah, as a young player, you've got to expect that, and 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 no matter what the the game is or how hard the task is, you you've got to expect to be to be thrown in there, and you've got to try and grab the uh, I guess grab the chance with both hands and 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 take it. So when you were up in Brisbane, when did you realise that you needed to find another opportunity? Were you were you looking for another opportunity or did Ocon approach you in the off-season? Um, happened in the off-season. Um, I wasn't particularly looking for anywhere to move, but because of um, all the interest, uh, I couldn't really say no, I guess, because I've, uh, I was under him at the Young Socceroos as well for maybe a few months while he was still... Uh, head coach there and the style that he wanted to play was just really appealing to me and um, the way he coaches his coaching style it just makes you appreciate the ball even more makes you love football even more he's just so enthusiastic uh, so enthusiastic about the game and he and you can just really tell that he loves it and it really rubs off on on all us boys and especially me like it just makes me love the game that that extra bit more uh, playing under him 
So how have you adapted from moving down from Queensland? You, you're from New South Wales originally, but it must take some time to sort of settle into the new club and your new surroundings. Obviously, living in Terrigal would be a big plus. Yeah, definitely. It was a bit, um, it was a bit scary and daunting at first with all the boys, but uh, they're a good bunch of boys, no doubt, and we all get along really well. So it, it, it didn't really take long to settle in, maybe a week or so, and then I, I started hanging out with the boys a bit more and... It was, but yeah, um, cause I was living in Gold Coast at home um, when I was at Brisbane, so it, it's not a, it's not too much of a transition um, lifestyle-wise, I guess. But um, definitely a new change room uh, can <laughs> scare you, be a bit intimidating. But now nah, all the boys here are absolute legends, so it's 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 been a, a smooth transition for sure. So, are you living with any other players or just by yourself? Nah, just by myself at the moment, but um, definitely moving in with one of the boys would be ideal, just so it makes travelling everywhere and, and eating a lot easier. Yeah. Who would you not want to live with? <laughs> Who would I not want to live with? Let's see. Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. Would it be easier to name fair? who you want to live with? <laughs> we've, we've heard Hooli's really loud. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Me and Hooli get on pretty well. Um, probably, probably like Payne and and uh, one of the youth boys, Lockie Wales. Um, I think they're a good bunch of boys. But I mean, I wouldn't mind living with any of those boys to be honest in the locker. So uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess whatever happens, happens. So you touched on the young Socceroos and uh, you were uh, you uh, met up with Paul Ocon there. You were part of the Under-17s World Cup squad in 2015 in Chile. Um, what kind of experience was that for a young footballer? Oh, that, that, that experience was unbelievable for sure. Like, I've, I've never had anything like that. And I'm sure, well, I'll be lucky to ever get that again, to be fair. Um, I've just played a World Cup was just like you feel so privileged and honoured I guess what sort of teams did you get to play against um, in that um, tournament in our, in our group we had Argentina Germany and Mexico and then we versed Nigeria in the round of 16 so it was it was a bit all over the shop but oh they were they were just all world class teams and you can see I guess why they're senior national teams uh, are so good because the youth that they've got coming through are just next level, I guess. Uh, we heard you had some bone bruising on your knee, which stunted your start to the season. Uh, you've made your way back to fitness via appearances in the MYI trials um, against Sydney and Vanuatu. Um, how was how your knee going? Was it okay on, on the game on the weekend? Yeah, the knee's going fine. I haven't felt it in, oh, who knows how long, probably three to four weeks. Um, I haven't felt it in the games, uh, the trial games for youth. Just slowly built up the minutes, and Thursday night it felt fine. So even with contact, it's 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 okay, which is good, promising sign. So hopefully it'll, I guess, keep feeling and, and stay fine for the rest of the season. So it's a club tradition to uh, do an initiation song. Have you done your initiation song yet? And if not, do you know what song nah. you might be doing? <laughs> I haven't sung yet, thank God, because I'm a bit scared to get up in front of everyone, to be honest. But <laughs> um, uh, 
I don't know what song I'll sing either. That's the worst bit. I don't know what one to choose. But I think uh, this weekend in Wellington might be, I might get stuck and I might have to sing. But, yeah, I don't have a clue what I'll have to sing. If you want to take a tip from uh, Maddie Ryan, he suggested Uncle Cracker, Follow Me, because it's rather monotonous and rather slow and boring. Yeah, that song popped into my head at lunch today, actually, and I was trying to run over the lines a little bit and thought, yeah, this might be a good one to sing. Yeah, go for it. Well, we thought after the other week, everyone would go for horses after those celebrations. (laughs) You'd be straight into the bloody starting 11, wouldn't you? Too easy. So it sounds like you don't don't want to wait until the medal dinner and uh, get up in front of the entire uh, audience there, 300 people like... um, (laughs) Like, was it Maddie Fletcher did that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not keen on that idea? No, hopefully not. No, I'd rather just sing in front of the boys and the coaches. <laughs> That'd be all right, I think. So, speaking of Wellington, uh, we've got them away this week. Do you have any indication whether you'll be in the team again? <clears throat> uh, like, yeah, not sure. We've been, we've just been working hard um, on areas that we needed to to fix up from from Thursday night um boys are still coming back and they're they're looking strong in rehab so we, yeah we don't really know until I guess the squad gets named and then on the day when when the starting 11 gets named as well speaking of Wellington obviously it's a pretty tough trip um and we had a loss last week unfortunately what do you think we need to do a bit better this week to turn it around and uh bring the three points back over the ditch um I think we just need to play how we how we've been playing for the first seven games. I think with the ball we've we've been dominant and we've been very good. I think defensively we just need to shore up a little bit. Um, if we can limit their chances because they're at home and they've, they're always strong at home, uh, if we can limit their chances, um, I think definitely we'll have a good shot at bringing home the three points. No worries. Thank you for joining us this week, Kyle. I appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. Best of luck. Thanks mate. Thanks, mate. Good luck, Kai. Thanks very much. Bye. Cheers, guys. Love you. Take care. All right, we're joined by our CEO, Sean. How are you, mate? Yes, yeah, going very well. That's good. Um, we've just got some bad news that you have to unfortunately go to the FFA Cup final tonight. Why are you yeah, being dragged yeah. along to that torturous experience? Uh, well, there's a, there's a CEO's conference happening tomorrow, and, um, and yeah, it turns out that uh, all the CEOs have uh, been asked to go along to this one, so um, yeah, here I am. Yeah, what, so. Okay, so you're going to be about one of six in the crowd. <laughs> uh, what's, on the, what's on the agenda for tomorrow's meeting? Yeah, well, there's going to be, uh, going to be plenty. Uh, I suppose we go through the review of the season so far, the season is happening ahead, and... Um, yeah, we get to uh, voice our concerns uh, of what's not working, and uh, and if the FFA, of course, have got any challenges that they want the club to take on, um, but the, the forum and the time to address it. Um, but of course, you know, for us, I suppose fundamentally, it's yeah, really around yeah, you know, the marketing, the appeal of the game, the uh, the crowds, the uh, the TV viewers, um, and uh, and where we're at. So. That's when it all happens. Will there be anything tomorrow around the reforms that are supposed to happen by the end of this month, or is that a completely separate thing? Yeah, look, it is a separate thing. It's, uh, it sits a little higher than us. Uh, whilst we'll get some sort of briefing of it, it'll be pretty tokenistic um, yeah, that comes through, which is fair enough. We, we, we get briefed more from our owners 
um, in, in that space. And um, uh, yeah, if the uh, the way the cards are full, well, you know, they'll fall. But uh, yeah, that's that's not on the agenda too much tomorrow. It'll just be touched on lightly. Is there any more news on that, or is it just a case of wait and see now? It's it's all just sort of in the hands of whoever. Well, look, I, I suppose there's probably some you know, really obvious things that um, those who have been keeping an eye on it are well across. The uh, the um, uh, AGM meeting for the FFA, the Member Federations, happens on the 30th of November, which is the FIFA deadline that was set. Uh, the, the deadline was set to get all stakeholders to agree. Um, so that's A-League clubs, PFA and the Member Federations. The um, um, If they follow the same agenda that was at a recent AGM that was... Um, that was adjourned. Uh, there'll be a vote around the 94111 structure, um, and um, and at the moment it's unsure if that'll get up or not. Uh, if it does get up, uh, then uh, then that'll get submitted back through to FIFA. Uh, that I'm sure will come along with with noise around um, the A-League clubs and the PFA not agreeing. So then you've got two stakeholders saying that it's uh, that they didn't agree with that, um, and um, and that'll be up to FIFA to decide. Uh, the other model is if it doesn't get up, then there's, there's I, I can't see any other option then uh, for FIFA than to send a normalising committee because then it will be almost ratified that the uh, uh, that the stakeholders in Australia um, are, are undecided as to uh, what the voting model for the Congress is moving forward. So it gets pretty complicated, I suppose, in many aspects, but the most likely outcome at the moment does appear that a normalisation from FIFA will come in, uh, and if that happens... Um, that will happen via a, a committee meeting that will happen at FIFA from the 5th of December. Uh, that's when they'll make the decision. And then there's every opportunity that they'll walk in, normalisation committee, which effectively removes the current FFA board. Uh, they'll go through and appoint a new board, and then that new board will be mandated to set up a new structure, and off they go. Um, should happen pretty quick. But to be honest, you know, most things will be a bit of business as usual. Um, and it's really about a voting model that happens that, uh, up top. Yeah. So uh, how's the new screen coming along? Yeah, look, I uh, met with council last week and also met with council the week before and met with a new mayor while Mike was in town, which was good. Um, and uh, and it does appear that there's, uh, the tender's gone out. They've appointed someone for the tender for a big, brand new, big screen. So so it's a new one, not a second-hand one. And, um, and yeah, look, I suppose from where this is looking like it's going to end up, hopefully by the New Year's Eve match against Wellington, there's, uh, uh, there's something pretty impressive at the stadium. So we feel really, really good about that. Um, and also things are progressing with the change rooms. Um, so, uh, so I've seen plans. I've seen the uh, the commitment and the tenders uh, has gone out. So I suppose there's a bit of energy at the moment that, uh, you know what, the uh, things are happening at the stadium. The sound system is going to get fixed. And, um, and yeah, progress is happening. So there's, uh, there's some work to be, uh, to be celebrated in that space, I suppose. What about uh, the pitch? The, the pitch has been looking a bit sus recently. Did uh, that get on the agenda with the council? Um, yeah, look, look, it has. It's been a sort of daily topic. Um, yeah, there's definitely some yeah, unknown things that have happened to the glass that is there. Um, they've had some experts in. Uh, you know, the, the groundsman's working his butt off you know, to, to, to get it to where it needs to be. You know, we've got such a high standard. That's, that's what sort of caught everyone by surprise. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, we've, yeah we've, we've changed some of our training to keep up it as much as possible. Uh, and only time will tell. There's been no guarantees in this space. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's unlike the stadium, so it's very hard. Yeah, to be critical of them because the year upon year upon year they've done an outstanding job. So and they, they haven't across this. So um, look, sometimes it happens. Um, you know, some some random weather over the last you know, few months has uh, it's definitely caught them off guard. But um, um, yeah, I suppose there's a regular communication and 
and we know they're having a real good crack in trying to trying to work through it. So hopefully they yeah they get it right soon. Has the bird finally come out of the light tower yet? Uh, no, birds still up there, still flying around. Um, <laughs> I don't know if people know about this. That's it's the yeah. uh, southwestern light tower, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's right. A uh, yeah, so there's two. There's there's, there's two birds, um, and uh, yeah, they, uh, they they go fishing in the in the Brisbane water. Uh, there's been reports of fish guts being dropped to the groundsman at times uh, <laughs> as they've as they brought it back. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, they're, they're pretty majestic birds. So. Uh, is, so, yeah, the, is the bird's close. name Sid? Yeah. Did I say it was called Sid? Nah, that, that was just that was, that was just a reporter. Right. Up. She didn't do we do we add the birds? Day. Do we add the birds to the crowd total? Is that do we add an extra two for them? I did on Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> was there any truth to the rumor they were dropping eggs on the Sydney fans? <laughs> <laughs> no, let me just. Uh, possible new mascot. <laughs> No, you can have got a, a new bird mascot. Haven't yeah, you? a new bird mascot. <laughs> a new bird. I was, I was still trying to get through the ordeals of the sauce bottle. Better than going through another bird. Engine. <laughs> okay, what uh, what's Mike been up to? I know you said he met with the um, mayor, yeah. but uh, what else? Yeah, so Mike Mike was in town for for a week, which was great. Um, oh, sorry, he was in Australia for a week. We started up in um, in in, uh, in the Gold Coast. We had a a, a sports function that was up there. It was good to get Mike along to that. Um, and um, and then yeah we yeah some, some development stuff just some touch base he hasn't been in town for a while um, you know really had a good look at the club in detail so uh, went through every line and every digit and everything that's happening and um, yeah yeah I suppose it was uh, I mean that's, that's that's what chairmen do um, but it was a uh, it was good to have have Mike back in town for a while we were able to catch up with the mayor been able to catch up with sponsors been able to catch up with yeah plenty of people and uh, yeah there's there's a good sentiment from Mike about where we're headed where we're going and um, yeah, keep um, yeah, keep keep the machine growing. Was there any truth to the rumor about the Chinese investors uh, from Southern Expansion offering to buy the club? Uh, no, <laughs> there's no truth to that at all. Okay. So, um, um, my two wishes there was. <laughs> you know, it would have been great to have a conversation with someone. You know, to see see what valuation the club is at, um, just for his own personal uh, reference. Not that he's looking to sell by any means, but he that's you know, like with your own house. You always like to know how much your house is worth if you if you're a homeowner. So. But, uh, but no, no, no truth to that one at all. So, uh, so maybe they spoke to, uh, uh, maybe they spoke to Wellington Phoenix, and um, yeah, that's that's about all I can tell you. It's, yeah. So I saw you were quoted in a newspaper article about the Thursday night game. So probably besides the first round, where we had a pretty good crowd, but ever since then the the home crowds have uh, probably been a bit of a concern in regards to us losing money. Does a crowd like Thursday do damage? Well, look, financially it does, uh, but we've always known that, and we've always been prepared for that. That's not. Yeah, the, the the finances aren't the issue. It's it's yeah, it's really the fact that we flagged this one so long ago, we said to the FFA that this game doesn't work, this game is unfair, we'll take yeah, our fair share of, of what happens. But this one is just ridiculous. To have expected families to have gone to a Sydney FC match on a Friday night, keep the kids out late, have experienced it so then they know what time the kids are gonna go are gonna you know, go home and, and uh and put their um, yeah, get to bed, and then yeah, then they need them to come back on a Thursday night against Adelaide, yeah, and do it all again on school night is uh, is just so you know disastrous for us from a crowd perspective that that our members yeah it's tough it's tough it, it affects everything so so there just needs to be a better strategy a better mindset and if they want crowds to go up don't let simple things like this get in the way it's not that hard to pick up the phone to Fox and say 
you're not going to get that many viewers. Can we look at this one in isolation? Can we make a change? Yeah, and, and can we do something else? If anything, the, the best thing I should have done in hindsight was say that the pitch was no good, have the match cancelled because it would have got rescheduled at a better time slot. We would have had a better crowd and a better better broadcast because it was two games, sort of two games so. rescheduled in the same same week. <laughs> you just yeah. need to uh, book a dance music festival. That's all you need to do. Mate. <laughs> oh, I mean, we could have played on a Saturday night, you know, when the Warriors got, got cancelled or whatever. So yeah, I thought that yeah, too. It wouldn't have been wouldn't have been that hard. It would not have been that hard. Um, but you know, there was a yeah. From, from my perspective, there was a lack of understanding. Obviously, care factor around what happened to Central Coast on and, and our members, and um, and that's and that's what I'm here for is to yeah, stand up and say this is this is they call a spade a spade. This is bullshit. We're getting treated poorly. We need better. We expect better, uh, and better can be done. So um, yeah, yeah. I suppose it just if we if we don't if we don't make some noise about these ones, then we get to next year's draw and the same thing happens again. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, we're still going to back it up with a Perth game on a Sunday night. We're still trying to figure out how to make Sunday nights work. As difficult as it is, you know. So, um, no, and, and, and it's you guys. It's you guys that, 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 that suffer. But it's you guys that, that you know, give the club the resolve to know that this is what we need to do. We need to stand up for this because cause you do keep turning up. You do keep... Because the atmosphere was actually really good on that Thursday night. The energy was great. So You're those who came really wanted, really wanted to make a difference. So when you flag that with ever uh, who you need to, what's the response that you get? Yeah, we'll have a look at it, and then you get an email saying, sorry, we had a look at it. Okay. And, <laughs> that's, uh, and that's what I thought. And in a more general sense, and you touched on it a little bit, Sean, the, the overall draw, one of the complaints I've heard from some families is the number of games that are at 7 o'clock and uh, on school nights, which includes Sunday, Thursday, um, and uh, seven and later than 7 o'clock nights in general. Um, is there a feeling those games are a bit frustrating for us as well? Yeah, look, look I suppose every club at some aspect has... Yeah, has those challenges. Uh, everyone across the board has got late night matches that I knew. They moved a three o'clock match on the Sunday, which was in the heat, which didn't work for anyone anyway. So if I was to compare a Sunday three o'clock in, in 40 degree heat to a Sunday seven o'clock, yeah, I can understand that and go, right, that's a tough game of the draw. But, you know, when you're looking at instead of having a, you know, a, an additional Saturday night match, instead you're having a Thursday night, it, it doesn't really make sense because it's not going to attract you to broadcast anyway. So I don't understand why we're actually doing it. If you're not attracting broadcast and you're actually making a negative chance to come along, it just doesn't make sense. So, um, and, um, and yeah, you know, for me, the one that, that I feel for is, you know, look, at the end of the day, I've got four kids and, uh, and only two of them could go. You know, the other two can go because it was too late. You know, <laughs> and if my, if my own kids can't come to a game, you're mean. Well, there's something wrong with there's something wrong, huh? <laughs> no, and I, and I yeah. think that's a general frustration among... One of the stories I've heard is that a, a friend of mine uh, wanted a, or has bought a six-game membership for him and his uh, young daughter, and uh, he can't find in the draw six games that he can actually take her to um, because of the timing of the games. And, you know, that that is... It's not always about families. It's also about others, but um, but we are a bit of a family club. There's There's other clubs that are kind of less of a family club, so... So yeah, that, that just wondered if that was frustrating. Yeah, and, and where that's where that's um, has had an impact is whilst our membership numbers are, are up and, and uh, you know, Dan's done a fantastic job in getting record for membership numbers, the average game per membership package is down. So you know, so so there's been plenty of full season members who have decided for a, a six game membership, or plenty of six game memberships who have decided for a three game membership, um, and. 
and that's only because of scheduling. You're talking about people who want to come to games, who want to become a member, who want to be part of the family, and and you're exactly right there, Aaron. That's that's the yeah. So some of the ramifications that that, that come from this. Uh, what's the relationship between, or is there any relationship between the club and the new Central Coast United um, set up? Um, look, you know, I um, uh, I've got a good relationship with Matty Crow and Ben Heffernan, um, so so we speak. Uh, it, it is a changing uh, environment for us as the uh, yeah, what was a pathway previously is, is no longer a pathway um, yeah, that's there, which um, uh, it is what it is. You know, that's, that's common for football. That's, that's common through through Sydney and other markets uh, with the structures that are there. Only time will tell to see how, how it plays out, uh, in essence. And, um, yeah, I suppose, uh, you know, I've, I've met with the CCF board uh, members and, uh, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, we're very positive about, you know, the Central Coast United being a really good option for Central Coast players um, in, the, in the senior group. We think that that's a great opportunity for, for players who weren't able to, to, uh, to hold a spot in the A-League uh, squads that, um, that they, they can go there. So, so we're supportive at a senior level. I suppose it's just some of the changes at the junior levels that, um, that has meant that we've had to put in some, uh, some other programs uh, to complement and supplement the, uh, the NPL academies. There's now a two-star academy, so it's really important for us to get, maintain the quality uh, that's coming through there. All right, I think that's about it. You've got a bus to go catch, don't you? Yes, yes, I do, I do. So, um, yes, it's about to pull up. So I um, appreciate the time, gents. And uh, actually, I'm getting the signal. I've got five minutes till the bus. So, um, so uh, yes, no, all good. How are you guys going? Going all right? Yeah, it's, it's unusual for you to ask us questions, but yeah, we're not too bad, actually. <laughs> do, do you want to say, well, well, say something nice about uh, Monty being over in uh, Vietnam and uh, uh, with our under-15s? Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt that um, it's an exciting part for us to, uh, to start to be, a, to be resource and capable enough to deliver those programs um, and for, uh, for us to take, you know... Um, yeah, a group of under fifteen year olds who uh, who just met my gigs, yeah, and and uh, skulls the other day is uh, is pretty exciting, and, and that for us is, is the future of a two star academy. Um, this is about you know development, about personal development, and about player development, um, and to have someone with the experience of Monty to uh, to to pull the strings in there, I think it's a good time. I think it's really exciting uh, what this can deliver for us long term. Great stuff. That'll do. Thank you for joining us. No, nah, thanks for the time, and uh, and I look forward to seeing everyone on a uh, on a Sunday night. And uh, and hopefully we uh, we come back from Wellington with three points. No worries. Don't have too much fun tonight, all right? Uh, yeah, that won't happen. All right. <laughs> Thank Cheers, you. Guys. Thanks, Sean. Love you too. Yeah, bye. Bye. Love you too. Bye. All right. Quick fire previews. Thursday Jets victory. Victory. Victory, please. Yeah, victory for FTS. Yeah, victory. Okay. Uh, Friday, City, Perth. City, because Perth look pretty garbage and City are, are at home. Yeah, well, City should have some decent players back. So depends, if McCall- is, depends if McCormack's back. And Castro. Yeah. City. I think uh, Perth are just about to have their normal garbage patch of the season. Yep. Well, Perth did flog City last season at uh, City's home. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Anyway. But I don't think it'll happen this time. Oh, PK league. Uh, Saturday, we play Wellington. Well, I'd love for us to win because I'll be there and it's a long way to go. <laughs> um, it'll be tough, though, because Wellington away is always tough. I'd like to point out, if we lose this, we're bottom. It's mm. ninth versus tenth, isn't it? Yes. Mm. So we're out of the two uh, matches that are bottom of the table clashes, we've been in both. Ouch. That's It's... 
when you when you look at some of the football that we've played and then some of the positions that we've been in in games, it's almost hard to believe that we could be last. Well, same with Wellington. Game. They've played some decent football too. They've yeah. played some gash like us. Yeah. Mm. Um, As Paolo yeah. says, the, the table one, eh? does not lie. I cannot call this one. Sydney, Brisbane. Sydney, Sydney got to follow up the FFA Cup. Yeah. I think Brisbane might be a chance because Sydney might be a bit tired, but I still think Sydney will probably be too strong. <laughs> Board draw. I think Sydney will get that get there in that one. I thought Brisbane were a little bit lucky last week. And last up, Adelaide West Sydney. I think that's probably the hardest one to tip. Although because Wanderers had the week off, so they'd be fresh. Gombau back at Adelaide. I think uh, I'm going to say draw because it's. I think it'll be a decent draw. I think Adelaide. I think they they played some decent stuff against us last week, so I think they'll be pretty pumped up. Back I'm home. going Adelaide too. I think they uh, might. They 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 have depth, so the loss of players, etc., not as big a deal to them. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week. Good, good choice. Sad news. Yeah. You know what? I thought Keith Richards would be the first one to go. Yeah. How, how is he not dead yet? How, what? How old is he? Like eighty? Oh, like a million. I don't know. <laughs> He's being preserved by alcohol, I think. <laughs> <laughs> alcohol and heroin. <laughs> a variety of other things. <laughs> uh, mate, respect to him. <clears> though. <throat> I tell you what, if. if if I could play, I play the guitar, and if I could play the guitar like Keith Richards under the effects of those drugs and alcohol, I would be super happy. You wouldn't be sitting here with us. Exactly. Love you. <laughs>